Man, it is starting to look a lot like Christmas here today. Man, the stage looks awesome. That video uh, was made in-house, and we just got so much talent around here and creativity and just so thankful for that. Hey, if you're joining us online today, welcome to the Bridge Church. We're so glad that you're here today. Uh, as you may have seen earlier this week, Pastor Jim let us know that he was under the weather, so I'm stepping in for him today, but I got good news. I talked with him this morning, and he said he's feeling a lot better. Feels like he's turning the corner, so continue. Yeah, let's praise God for that. We miss you, Pastor Jim, and we love you. We're praying for you. And so uh, I'm so excited to be here with you this morning. Um, and, and just during this Christmas time, I mean, it's hard to miss this Christmas season. There's Christmas decorations all around. It's everywhere. I mean, how many of you, now be honest now, how many of you started decorating before Thanksgiving? Just throw them hands up. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. Okay, let's, let's, see. let's see how many of you have started decorating before Halloween. Anybody in the house? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, listen, listen, no shame. No shame. I heard so many people say that, you know what, 2020 has just been such a rough year. I need something to celebrate. You know, I need a reason to celebrate. Some of you, maybe you've been working at home since uh, March. Some of you, you might just have put yours up in July because you just need a change of scenery. Listen, I understand. I think it's awesome. I love the Christmas decorations. And we're getting things amped up at our house. We bought, uh, Leah and I bought our little girl, Lynn, and she's 18 months old. We bought her a little play nativity set, and it is just so sweet. It's so awesome. Listen, we, we set it up on the living room floor. We had her in her bedroom, and we just wanted her to see it for the first time. And so she comes into the living room, and, and she looks at it, and she starts running to it, y'all. She starts running to it. And there's Mary and Joseph and the animals. And then I, I just I got so excited because guess where she darted for? She went right to baby Jesus. Everybody say, oh, isn't that sweet? Isn't that cute? I had this, this proud dad moment right here. I looked at Leah. Do you see that? She bypassed everything and she went straight for baby Jesus. That is so incredible. But then she does, she did what every 18 month old does when they see something on the ground. She put it right in her mouth. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how to handle this now. I don't know what to do here, Leah. And so, you know, I'm a pastor. So I just, I made it real spiritual and tried to find the lesson in it. And I said, you go ahead, Lennon, you taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see. Go ahead, baby girl. Baby girl, go ahead. And so uh, we've been getting ready. We've been getting ready for Christmas, and it's, it's hard to miss. All the decorations, Cyber Monday, Black Friday, all the sales and everything. I mean, Christmas is everywhere. It's almost, some would say, impossible to miss, right? Well, here's the thing. Here's the truth. This morning, and this is why we're starting this series right here, Christmas, what's the point? Because it's totally possible to be surrounded by the things of Christmas, to be all up in it and miss the point. It's so possible to miss the point. As a matter of fact, my proof this morning is a couple of characters from the very first Christmas who completely missed Christmas right under their nose. I know you've probably heard the story. Maybe you've been to church many times. Maybe you've heard the story about baby Jesus. And so then you know that Joseph and Mary, they had to make their way on this long journey about 90 miles. I mean, she's pregnant. Can you believe that, ladies? My goodness, if your husband looked at you and 
said, we, you're about to just, you're getting ready to deliver this baby. And he looks at you and he says, oh, by the way, we're going to take a last minute trip. It's about 90 miles. I mean, you would just lose your mind. It's one thing to go from here to Raleigh to deliver a baby. It's another thing to go 90 miles on an animal. I mean, that's just crazy. And so they get all the way there to Bethlehem. This is Joseph's hometown. You know, Joseph is connected to the line of David. And so if anybody was going to have a place to stay, I would think it would be Joseph because my goodness, he's got such a prominent lineage. But they get there and you know the rest of the story. There's no room. I don't know exactly what happened that night. They might have went to the Bethlehem Hilton and, uh, you know, they got there to the front desk, and, and the guy just kind of gives them this, this sad look. We don't have any more room. I mean, he's got a lot of family, right? He's got a lot of family in this town, you would imagine. Joseph does. But listen, I don't know. Maybe they went to a family member's house. Maybe they were trying to get into their guest room. There was no room. The moral of the story, no room. And I think it has to do maybe with the fact that it was just so busy. You know, they had this census that they had to record. And so everybody needed to go back to their hometown. And so you you can imagine it's filling up. Everybody's coming home. Everybody's getting there to the town. And you can imagine that places and, and, and people's homes are starting to fill up. But by the time they get there, there is nowhere to go. It's just so busy. It's just so full. I can imagine uh, maybe some of the innkeepers there, they, they love this because, man, they're making money. I mean, they're turning a profit. Their rooms are full. But baby Jesus, this long-awaited Messiah, is about to be born there, and there's no room. Hey, listen, I think about some of the religious leaders who had been waiting for this day, been waiting hundreds of years, knew all the prophecies about the coming Messiah, and not one of them was at Jesus' birth. Not one of them was there at the first Christmas. As a matter of fact, there were uh, wise men that came out of district into the town to talk to King Herod, who was, you know, the king of the Jews. And they wanted to tell him or ask him, hey, listen, where is this baby at? This baby that has been born king of the Jews. This was news to Herod. He's like, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm the king of the Jews. What, what are you trying to say here? This baby, all of a sudden, King Herod's a little disgruntled. He's a little upset. What are you talking about? Somebody's trying to take my place. One thing you got to know about King Herod, he was just a paranoid guy, always thinking that somebody was out to get him. And so now he hears about this little baby that's coming into town and maybe because he's kind of grown up in this, in this area. He's maybe heard a few of the stories about this coming Messiah, and now it looks like the time is here. And so he doesn't know a lot about the Messiah, so he asks the people who do. King Herod brings in the priests. He brings in the Pharisees. He's like, hey, somebody tell me, where is this Messiah that's supposed to be coming? Where is he supposed to be born? I need to know. I need to know. And you kind of get the sense that these priests and these Pharisees don't really think that it's a big deal. They're a little bit indifferent to this news. They've had to have heard it because these wise men are going around trying to find out where he's at. And these priests are just like, ah, you know, uh, what do you think, Jerry? What, didn't that scripture say that he'd be born in Bethlehem? Yeah, that's it. Hey, King Herod, are we done here? Because we got things we need to do. I don't know what it was, but they were just not interested in investigating any more about the news that they had heard. And then I think about King Herod himself just being so paranoid. I mean, do you know that he was so paranoid about this little tiny baby that he made it 
decree that every child under two, every boy under two had to be killed because he wanted to take this little baby out. I mean, this guy was ruthless. I mean, he even killed one of his wives. He even killed some of his children. And, and he, he wanted to get rid of this baby because he was just so afraid how it would change his life. He was so afraid about how it was going to change his life and so he wanted to get rid of them. And you know, I think it's an interesting look at these three characters. You got the innkeeper who was too busy. You got the priests who were a little bit numb maybe to the coming. They'd heard about it for hundreds of years. Their grandparents talked about it. I mean, it could never happen. And then you got King Herod who was just afraid. When I look at those three characters and I think to myself, man, how they missed the point of Christmas. I think about today and I realize, man, some of those same reasons are the same reasons that we miss the point of Christmas. A lot of times we're just too busy. We got too much going on. We, we don't have time to spend with God. We're, we're too busy doing the things of God that we don't have time to actually spend on God. We're too busy. And like the religious leaders, I think sometimes maybe we're a little indifferent. I know, I know the story. I've heard it. I've gone with grandma all my life to church. Yep, this baby came to the earth. God came to earth. He grew up. He lived a perfect life. He died. He came back. I get it. Hey, listen, will you pass the potatoes? Because I'm hungry. Just go ahead. Let's go ahead. Let's get it. And I think about some of us are maybe afraid. We're afraid about how this person, Jesus, just might change our life. And so the goal of this morning, guys, the goal of this morning for each and every one of us is to learn how we can not miss the point of Christmas. We do not want to miss the point of Christmas. We do not want to miss Christ in Christmas. And so um, growing up in school, a lot of times we go through these drills, like a fire drill, a tornado drill. And they were to help us prepare for these chaotic moments in life that sometimes happen, these natural disasters. And uh, they would prepare us for those moments. And there was another thing that we would do, um, not quite as crazy, but definitely needed. In school, they would teach us how to cross the road. Now, I mean, to me, it makes common sense or it is common sense, but some people need to learn how to do it because we don't want nobody getting hurt, right? So what, what would they tell us in school? When we would get to the road, they would tell us to stop. Stop right where you are. I hear some of you right now. You know exactly where this is going, and you've heard it too. And then the next lesson is to do what? The next step is to look, stop, and then look. Look left, right, left again, and then listen. Listen, stop, look, and listen, and then cross the road. Now, that's a very important safety tip, but I also think it's a really good way for us to learn how to not miss Christmas this year. So we're gonna start right here with stop. You need to stop. I need to stop. We need to take a minute and pause and spend a little bit of time on our spiritual life. Listen, I understand that life is complex. There's so many different things going on in our life right now. We've got our physical life going on. We wanna be fit and things like that. We've got our financial life, our emotional life, our, our cultural life. We wanna be up on the trends and things like that. I mean, there's some, some educational goals that we may have. And then right there at the end, you know, right there towards the back is our spiritual life. And I understand that a lot of things are going on and it's hard to maybe get to it. But what I also understand is that, you know, if we're honest, there's really only one thing at a time 
that we can spend our time on that we can really focus on. Hey, listen, some of us got our physical fitness in check. I mean, you've got the the gym membership, the Peloton bike with the TV on it. You got the little mirrored gym. I mean, you you got the the Planet Fitness membership and the weights and things like that. And you got the vitamins and the supplements and you're doing all the things, you're dieting well. You're probably in the best physical shape of your life and you're so happy. But if you're not careful, if you're not careful, your relationships can kind of fall by the wayside. Some of us might have our financial life in check. Oh my goodness, our investments are looking good right now. My net worth is going up year after year. I am so close to financial independence and it's not even funny. Listen, I even took a third job this year just to get financially fit. But again, but again, if you're not careful, you know that family that you're supposed to be building all of this for could be crumbling if you're not spending that adequate amount of time with them, if you're so focused on your financial goals. Students, I'm not gonna leave you out. Students, I understand maybe your social life is the best it's ever been. You got tons of friends and there's a lot of things to do. You know, you're just trying to hang out. You're trying to, you know, get up on the scale, the popularity scale and everything's going good. I mean, but if you're not careful, if you're so focused on your social life, and really this is for all of us, then over time, you know, your grades can start to plummet. We need some balance. And to do that, we gotta stop. We gotta stop right there. Now, let's be honest right here. Be honest with me this morning. How many of you would say today, now, when we come to church here, we don't, we, we don't wanna come to put on this facade or anything like that. We wanna come and be real because we wanna grow. How many of you would just throw your hand up and say, man, I need some more time on that. I need some more time for my spiritual life. I just can't, I can't, I'm doing my best to try to find it, but, but, but it's, I just need some more time. Well, listen, I wanna give you the remedy. What is the cure? What's the solution? It says in Psalm 4610, I know you've heard this before. What's it say? Be still. Say it with me on three. One, two, three. Be still. I'm gonna give you five seconds right now to be still. This might be the only time you've had this week to be still. Two, three, four. Five. Man, I bet in that moment, even in those five seconds, you were, you were probably thinking about what you're going to do after church. You probably felt that, that desire to maybe pull your phone out because it's so hard for us to be still. And then it's definitely hard for us to do that second part and know that I am God, talking about Yahweh, talking about God in heaven. Sometimes we read that, and if we're honest, we read it in first person and say, be still and know that I am God, that Luke is God, that Luke has to make everything work, that Luke has to make everything happen. But listen, when you live that way, you will find out very quickly that you cannot make it all happen. Be still and know that he is God. We got to pause. We got to stop in order to do that. I think it's funny. The first people, some of the first people to hear about the birth of Jesus, who are they? Shepherds. Shepherds. What were they doing? They were watching their sheep sleep. I mean, my goodness, it's like watching paint dry, I bet, right there in the middle of the night. I mean, I just imagined that maybe they were just open to it. Maybe they were just open to be able to hear God's voice calling. And if, if we're honest, if God were to call some of us, he'd probably get a busy signal. But these shepherds, man, I guess when you're sitting out there in the nighttime and you see this angel of the Lord appear in its glory, I guess all you can do is listen. And so that's what they did. And so my point is this, what is, what is our issue? A lot of times we're just too 
busy. We're just too busy. And so we got to stop. Psalms 10, 27 says, reverence for God. This is so good. Reverence for God adds hours to each day. In other words, put God first and it will prolong your life. Well, Pastor Luke, I've been following Jesus for 15 years and I still only got 24 hours in my day. What does that mean? No, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm trying to tell you is, is how many of you know that stress and anxiety can actually kill you? But there's something about inviting God into the picture, even in the midst of chaotic moments, that he can just put his peace over you like you just can't even comprehend and, and understand. Man, listen, let me tell you, I try to start every morning. I'm not perfect at it, but I try to start every morning in his word because I know I need that second layer of wisdom. There's a lot of decisions I need to make in my day. I need God's help with it, but it takes time. You got to stop and we can't afford to not spend time with God. There's only so much time in our day. So my question really quick is, what do you wanna fill your life with? We gotta stop. Then what guys, we gotta do what? Look, yes. We have to actually look at who Jesus is, who the Bible says that he is. We actually got to look at what God's word says about him. Matthew 2.8, Herod said, go and make a careful search for the child. Who did Herod call on? The wise men. He pulled them to the side. I mean, for whatever reason, the, like I said, the priests were not interested. I don't know if they were just a little indifferent to going and searching this out, didn't really believe in it. So Herod pulled the people over to the side who were trying to look for Jesus. He says, hey, go and find out all you can about him. Now, he might not have had the best intentions for that, but at the end of the day, that's good advice. Go and make a careful search for this child. Go and find out all that you can, even today in 2020, all that you can about this baby Jesus. I just don't think maybe the priest wanted to deal with it in that moment. Maybe they didn't believe that it was true. Listen, I understand. There are things in our life we just don't want to deal with. Can I be real with you this morning? Luke Davis was a, was, was a very average student. Very, very average student. I mean, I, I, I tried my best. I did my best, but man, school just was not my thing. And so those days that the teacher would announce that we had a project, oh, a little bit of me would die on the inside because attached to a project is a due date. And due dates, man, they, they scare me. They scare me. And so as a student, I found out that there's really three types of students when it comes to completing projects. You got your folks who hear about it, and they're the weekenders. I mean, they got three weeks, but they're going home that weekend. They're going to complete it like that. Then you got the week ofs, the people who are like, okay, I'm not going to do it right now, but I'll get to it. I mean, I'm going to do it like the week of so I can make sure I got my weekend and everything like that. And so they get it in place then. But, 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 then, but then you got that third group, um, the, the, the we hours group. They're the folks that, that they're doing it, that they're calling on mom and dad at nine o'clock at night. Hey, I got to go to Walmart. Uh, what you got to go to Walmart for? Ah, I got to pick up some, some poster board. For what? For a project. Oh, we'll go tomorrow. Um, uh, about that. <clears throat> the, um, well, the, see, the thing is, 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 is due tomorrow. <laughs> How long do you know about it? That ain't important. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> 
We all need to talk about that. The due date's here. That's all I'm trying to say. And so, I mean, that was me waking up and like, you know, I'd be working at 4.30 in the morning, you know, and and get there at 8.30 and have the project, you know. And so I I realized that there's really like three categories of people like that. Now, I had great intentions. Now, when the teacher was talking about the project, man, oh my goodness, like I really wanted to, to do it. I had ideas. I had plans. I had these ideas and things like that. But as soon as class let out, buddy, I just completely forgot all about it. I mean, I was just done with it. And when I think about Jesus, when I think about Jesus and the Christmas story, it makes me think about the fact that everybody at some point in their life has to deal with Jesus. Ever since the very first Christmas, you, you just, you got to deal with him one way or another. And I'm thinking like, why, what is it about Jesus that makes him so impossible to miss? Maybe was it, was it his existence? Him just existing? I mean, listen, many people would admit that Jesus actually existed. Jesus walked on the earth. Listen, you can go tour his birthplace. You can go tour where he preached the Sermon on the Mount. You can go and tour where he died on Calvary, right? You can go and be and, 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 and see all of those different places. I mean, and, and, and non-Christian historians would tell you, yeah, he was a real person. So I don't think it's that. I don't think it's that. Well, maybe, maybe it's not that he existed. Maybe it's just that, uh, maybe it was his teachings. Maybe it was Jesus's teachings. That, yeah, that's it. That's what it is. I mean, everybody really could get behind Jesus's teaching. I mean, his care for the poor and the needy. I mean, people, people would applaud him for, for handling those, the, the hypocrites. And I mean, my goodness, Jesus, just, he just added so much to, to what it means to be a good moral person. So, so maybe that's it. Maybe that is what has made Jesus stand out after generation, after generation, after generation. Well, you know what? I don't think that's it either. I think really what makes Jesus stand out and why maybe your grandparents have heard about him and their grandparents and their grandparents, generations have heard about him is because of two little words, I am. Right in the midst of some of his most riveting discourses, Jesus at some point would say, oh yeah, by the way, I'm God. And that is what would tick people off. Some people, when they heard it, these priests, these really religious guys who followed the Old Testament law to a T, I mean, they tore their robes in anger and pull out their hair in anger. They just, I can't believe that you would say that. Jesus saying, making that claim that I am the son of God is such a polarizing statement. And you can only deal with it one way or the other. Either you believe this man's claims or you don't. And so I wonder, as we're here just a few days before Christmas, if Jesus were to walk in these doors right now, which camp would you be in? What am I talking about? I'm saying, what do you actually think about Jesus? Would you be in the camp that's like, yes, I follow Jesus. He is the Lord and Savior of my life. I worship him. He is king. He is Lord. Or would you be right over here? You know, I I don't really know what I think about Jesus. Maybe you're a little bit confused. Maybe you have questions. Hey, listen, one of the reasons I love this church so much is because seekers are welcome here. 
People are welcome to come with their open heart questions, their open heart doubts to ask and to think about who this Jesus fella is. We love having conversations with people who are trying to figure that out. If you're in this camp, today is the day for you to deal with Jesus and to figure out, make that decision, make that declaration of what you think about him. So many people have dismissed Jesus's claims, but billions of people have believed it, have said yes to it, have experienced forgiveness, have experienced love, have experienced a brand new life. And I get it. Maybe you've got doubts. Maybe you've got questions. That's okay. Can I tell you something this morning? I have no idea how an internal combustion engine works. Not a clue. That little engine in my car, I have no idea. Hope it doesn't break. I can't fix it. But let me tell you what I didn't do this morning. I didn't get up and walk in my car and I didn't say, man, I, I really don't know how this thing works. So I'm just going to walk to church. Boy, I'd still be walking right now. They'd be like, where's Pastor Luke at? No. I just happen to believe that it works. And so I get in my car and I drive and it only takes six minutes to get here. Listen, I don't know how the law of aerodynamics works. Some of you are very familiar with that. Some of you are pilots. I don't get it. But if I'm going to another country, if I'm going over the Atlantic Ocean, I'm not taking a boat. I'm taking a plane. If I can, I'm going to book me a ticket. I don't understand how it works. I don't understand how something that big can get up in the air like that. I don't get the science behind it. But what I do know is that it works. Listen, I don't know about the laws of digestion, but you better believe when the holidays roll around and my grandma's sweet potato casserole's on the table, I'm not going to say, well, I don't know how the laws of digestion work, so I'm going to stay away. No, I scarf it down, boy. Let me tell you. So it's okay. You don't have to understand how everything works about something. You just really got to believe that it works. And so I wonder where you're at this morning. If you don't want to miss Christ this Christmas, if you don't want to miss the point this Christmas, we got to stop and slow down. We got to look honestly at who Christ is. And then we have to listen. We have to listen. Luke 2.10 says, The angel said, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy. A Savior has been born to you, and he is Christ the Lord. What was the first thing that angel said? He said, Do not be, come on, help me out, afraid. If we're honest this morning, sometimes the things of God can scare us until we understand. But the problem is, a lot of times we don't want to put the effort in to listen. Most of the time people have really three reasons why they don't want to give their life to Christ. The main reason is they're afraid, but the three reasons they're afraid is they're scared they'll, they'll lose their fun. If I say yes to Jesus, man, then it's just going to be boring. Life will be boring or, you know, we're scared we'll lose our freedom. I don't know what my life would look like if I did that. Or, or we see other Christians around and maybe you know some Christians and, and, and you're like, man, I've seen Christians before. Some of them, they're like, they're like fanatics. They are Jesus freaks. Is that going to be me? And so it scares us because we, we're not quite sure what might happen if we actually take that step to follow Jesus. But can I tell you something? 
Jesus did not come to make you weird. Jesus came to give you life. Jesus did not come, I, I, can't, I can't find it anywhere in the New Testament where it says that Jesus came to give this, this long list of do's and don'ts. No, but I do see in Luke 19.10 where it says that Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. I see that. I see in John 10.10 where it says, I have come so that you might have, what, religion? Nope. Rules? Nope. Restrictions? Nope. Rituals? Nope. No, I have come so that you will have life. And to what? The fullest. Christianity is not a religion. It's a person. Religion is man's attempt to get to God. But Jesus is trying to tell you right here this morning, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I know this is hard to hear, but you can only get to the Father through me. There's no other way. Jesus didn't come to scare you. He came to give you life. So as we close this morning, I wanna just ask, what's gonna cause you to miss Christmas this year? too busy just don't have time to get to it you want to intentions there but we all know that if intention doesn't turn into action it doesn't really matter a whole lot what's going to keep you from seeing the point of christmas this year being indifferent a little numb yeah i know about the god jesus thing but i'm not quite ready to deal with it yet so many times People come into gatherings like this and hear about Jesus and in that moment, they make that decision. Kind of like the people who uh, finished the project that weekend and have all that time to just kind of take a deep breath. And I understand that after moments like this, some people walk away and they say, you know, I'll get to it later. Maybe when I settle down, have a family, have some kids, then I'll kind of get my life straight. And after, after I dot every I and cross every T, then I'll deal with Jesus. And then I know that there's some of us in the wee hours on our deathbed, we will finally deal with Jesus. But can I tell you this morning that he has a life for you that you wouldn't imagine. And he does not want you to walk out of this building this morning without dealing with his son, Jesus. So maybe that's you today. Can I just, can I just encourage you to listen for just a moment. I think it's so funny that at the beginning of 2020, Pastor Jim started this message series called Hearing From God. And here we are in December talking about the importance of listening. I think the Holy Spirit's trying to tell us something. We need to listen. And this is what you need to hear this Christmas season. Born to you this day. All of you watching online right now, born to you this day. All of you here in person, born to you and you and you and you today is born a Savior. That is what Christmas is all about. A Savior. Could you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you, my goodness. If we started right now thanking you to the end of our life, it still wouldn't be enough for what you've done for us. So Lord, we just want to stop right here in this moment and say thank you. God, I realize that there may be some folks uh, watching this video or here in person today that they've put it off. They've not really dealt with you yet. But God, I believe that today's the day. And if that's you, all you have to do is just speak to Jesus right where you are. I know it might feel kind of weird. It might feel like you're talking to a wall, but he hears you 
Even in your thoughts, he hears you. Jesus, just pray this prayer. Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Jesus, I believe you died for me. Jesus, will you be the Lord of my life? If you prayed that prayer today for the first time, then welcome to the family of God. For some of us here, maybe we are just kind of bogged down with a lot of busyness and fear with the season, feel like we can't catch a breath. Can I just pray for you right now? God, I pray for my brothers and sisters right now that their hearts and minds are heavy. Lord, I pray, God, that you would bring peace and comfort to them. I pray, God, that you would help all of us to stop right where we're at. And God, every day for the rest of this year, I pray that we would make you a priority, that we would stop and we would look to who you are and we would listen to what you have to say. Lord, I thank you so much that today, God, a Savior is born for us. Jesus, we love you and we thank you for this time together. It's in your name we pray, amen, amen.